Blog Talk Radio. BlogTalkRadio.com. Word of Life is based on John 10.10, where Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. We're your co-hosts here. I am Renetta, coming to you from Gladwin, and my co-host Ella is here, coming to you from Kalamazoo, Michigan. We would like for you to contact us by emailing your comments, prayer requests, or questions to wordalive612 at gmail.com. And that's a capital W. You can also contact us by following us on Twitter at Word Alive Now. You can listen to us 24-7 here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Word Alive. All of our archives are available on demand or by downloading our podcast, Word Alive, at iTunes and on your Android phone by downloading the uh, Blog Talk Radio app and listening to Word Alive on your phone. We're so glad that each and every one of you were able to join us tonight. We invite you to call a friend and have them to tune in and listen to the message as well, listen to the broadcast as well. Um, Word Alive is on each Saturday night at 11 p.m. You can call in and participate live by dialing 646 3780538 and if you are online listening uh scroll down to the bottom and join us in the chat room god bless and enjoy well hello this is Renetta you're one of the co-hosts here at Word Alive and today is July the 18th 2015 and <clears throat> we're going to continue tonight talking about perception formed by influences this will be part four of the series, and we're going to just jump right into the word tonight. If my co-host uh, come on tonight, we'll stop and greet her, but I'm so glad that everybody joined in to listen to us. This is part four, as I said, so if you haven't heard part one, two, and three, please listen to part one, two, and three. Part three, we have some technical difficulties at the beginning, but if you bear with us and just or just fast forward, uh, you will get to the message. Uh, we had about, we had a couple of, I got disconnected a couple of times last week, but I continued to finish the broadcast, so just hang in there. Uh, sometimes technology don't really work very well for us. It works well for us, but sometimes we have glitches that we have to deal with. Uh, we've been talking about how the things that have happened in our life influence our perception. The way it influences the way we hear the way we uh, form our own uh, dialogue with other people, you know, giving out what we give out and taking in what they say. And, um, you know, everything about our lives, you know, I, 
like food based on my own perception of food. My perception of food has been formed by what I've become familiar with eating in my lifetime. A lot of people that constrict people and they are not able to try new things because they get so conformed to or so comfortable with what they've already eaten, they won't let new things enter into that palate. And sometimes you do have to taste something a few times before you really can appreciate the taste of it. And so we've been talking about how in life we have things that have influenced us. You know, like right now I'm 60 years old. So I've had 60 years of influences in my life to help form uh, things that are in my heart right now. Uh, one of the scriptures that we read last week was, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And uh, actually, let's just read that scripture. Uh, Matthew 12, 34, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? Or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if there's nothing... If there's only evil in my heart, that's all that's going to come out. I mean, I can I can fool you for a little while, but if I'm really evil on the inside, eventually that evil is going to show forth on the outside. And so, uh, so if I want to bring out eat good, I have to have some type of good influences in my life to cause good to pour into me, and to cause my my mind to meditate on it and to allow it to take its course in my life so that when I open my mouth and speak and I open my eyes and see, I can speak from a good place and see from a good place because if I can't speak from a good place, I mean, if I can't see from a good good place, if there's no good in me, when I see out, it doesn't matter what I really look at. I will form evil around what I see even if I'm looking at something good. I will see something evil because that's all that's in me. And I read a scripture last week that uh, affirmed that. So if you want to hear that, you have to go back and uh, listen to it. That might have been the week before last. So. But we're going to move forward. So let's go to Second Corinthians 4 and 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. Now I'm going to start right there. He said, I believe and therefore have I spoken. What does that mean? Because of what I believe, I speak. So I speak out of my mouth based on what I believe. We also believe and therefore speak, verse 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, verse 16, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, it says it takes 30 days. I've heard that it takes 30 days to form a new habit. And we are talking about, you know, going through a transformation process when we get saved. When we get saved, we're unfamiliar with God and godly things and holiness and what any of that means, unless you was actually raised in the holiness church. So how do I go from having evil motives and thinking the old way I used to think and to think the way God wants me to think and thinking godly and thinking oh, and having a holy attitude about things? Well, I have to practice things differently than the way that I've been practicing. In order for an athlete to become a good athlete, he has to work at it. He has to put some time into it. He has to put some effort into it if he really wants to to get good at it. So if I want to get good at this profession of faith that I am now in because I've been grafted in, because I believe on Jesus, I have to allow myself to spend time in this light. Because the more light that I'm exposed to, the less darkness surrounds me. At the beginning of, of the scripture, it said, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. So if that light is shining in my heart, it should be shattering darkness. When light comes in, the darkness flees. If I walk into a dark room and turn on the light, the light leaves. The dark leaves and the light stays. So if I allow that word of God in me, it's going to automatically change me because the word of God is power in his spirit. And so if I spend enough time, and, and not just hearing it with my ear, but hearing it with my inner ear, hearing it in my spirit, taking it into my heart, meditating upon it, you know, when it's something you really, really like, you want to spend a little time um being mesmerized by it, being saturated in it. You want to enjoy the goodness of it because you like it. It gives you pleasure. Well, we have to get to the place where that's how we feel about the word of God. We spend time in it. We allow ourselves to be mesmerized by it, to be saturated by it. We spend time in the spirit. Another scripture says, be filled with the Spirit. So I can't be filled with the Spirit if I never interact with the Spirit, if I never spend any time in the presence of God. How will I ever be filled with the Spirit? So I have to spend time in prayer, spend time praying in the Spirit, spend time praying in tongues, spend time allowing myself to be at a spirit realm. When we pray in tongues, we edify ourselves, but we're being edified from the spirit realm. I'm being edified by the things that I don't see, the things I can't touch with my hand. And as I allow those things more time, more quality time, uh, uh, I give myself over to them, then they can begin to take me over However, if I if I decide that I want to continue doing the things that I was doing before I got saved, I would never come out of those things. Those things still have control over me. 
those things are still, I'm still allowing them to mesmerize me and take me over. I'm still allowing myself to be saturated by them. So when I open my mouth, I'm going to speak from that place where I spend my time, that place where I poured my passion into. But if I begin to pour my passion in the Lord, I begin to pour my passion into his word, into seeking him, into finding out who is this God, who is this Christ, who is this spirit that abides within me, I'm going to change. My desires will change. My, uh, I will willingly want to go back to the word. I will willingly want to spend more time in the spirit, want to spend more time in the presence of God, want to spend more time speaking in tongues, praying in the spirit, want to know more, understand more about this God who loved me so much that he reached down into my mess and pulled me up and cleaned me and saved me. Now, if I choose to go back into my mess, that's my choice because God didn't sever me from my will when he saved me. That's why we have to bring ourselves into subjection to God. It's a choice that we have to make. Even in the Old Testament, he told them, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. He didn't mess with their will back then. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve, God or manna. You choose who's going to be your God. You choose who you're going to be slave to. If you want to be a slave, you choose who you're going to be servant to. You choose who's going to be your master, who's going to rule over your days and rule over your night. My God, my God, and what you allow to rule over your days and rule over your nights, rule over your slumber, because what you spend time saturating yourself with during the day, what do you think your subconscious is saturating you in it while you sleep at night? The same thing you poured into yourself during the day. So if I don't spend no time with God, I never turn my focus toward him, my thoughts toward him, never giving him any place in my life, what place do he have in me? Never opening myself up and willingly allow the light to shine in me. Allow the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ to saturate me. Allow myself to be overtaken by him. It's a song out called Overwhelmed. I'm Overwhelmed. So what is your meditation? We used to have a prayer. We used to pray at the end of the service. Lord, let the meditation of my heart, let the, let me see. All right, let's go. Lord, let the something in the meditation of my heart be accessible in thy sight, O oh Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted in that sight, O Lord, my strength. It's scripture. And so um, if I have a desire that the words that I speak and the meditation, what I think about, what I ponder about, be pleasing in God's sight, then I have to put forth the effort. I have to put forth the time. I have to put forth the energy 
to ensure this is what's going to take place in my in my life. I choose the life that I live. My past don't choose the life that I live unless I choose to let it. It's still my choice. I choose the life that I live. I choose if I want to live a miserable life because my misery comes from where my thought process is, what I allow to consume my mind, what I allow to take over. Uh, the battlefield, uh, there are a couple of books out by a couple of authors that says, it talks about the battlefield of the mind. That's where God, that's where God wins or the enemy wins. That's why the scripture says, guard your heart for all of it flows the issues of life. Well, how can the issues flow out? Because that's what I meditate on is the issues. So if I let my issue be gratefulness, if I let my issue be loving God, if I let my issue be adoration of the king, what's going to flow out of me? What I've spent the most time allowing to take root in my heart and my spirit. There's a, a minister, Ian Clayton. He grew up in Africa, and he told the story of how hard it was to get natives to form a new path, even though it was shorter than the one, the old one that they take every day. And so they used to try to reprogram them to go a different way. So each year they would block the old path, and they would dig, they would open up uh, a way to the new path, which was shorter, to get where they were going than the old path. And for and they would try to go over all of the trash and garbage and dirt, whatever they had put in the old path, to go their old way, rather than going the clear way, the clear path. Why? Because they they knew the old way. They were accustomed to it. They were comfortable with it. And so they had to be taught that the new way was a better way. My God. They had to be taught that the new way was a better way. Hold on just a minute. I want to bring up a scripture. I don't have it in my notes. First Corinthians twelve twenty three. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And see, we don't know this way. We're not familiar with it. I mean, even us that have been saved for many, many years, we're familiar with the path that we've learned up to this point. But what God have in front of us, we're not, we're not familiar with it because we haven't walked in it yet. So every time God brings us to a, a new level, a new, he wants to take us to a greater death, we have a new choice to make. Do I want to go deeper with him? Do I want to keep holding this hand and go further with him? Or I'm going to stay in the path that I'm in now? Or I'm going to just stay right here because I've become so comfortable with knowing as the portion that I know of him. I think I want to just revel in that and just leave the rest alone. We have to choose. Do I want to go further with God? Do I want to see more that he wants to unfold to me? Or do I want to stay here? I'm familiar with the test that I've had up this point. I've learned to overcome up to this point. 
But I don't know what that new test and that new trial is going to look like. I don't want to know if I want to make a choice to go deeper with him. Because when I go deeper with him, the enemy is going to be at another level also. Now, there are some people who grew up and their whole life has changed, 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 changed. Uh, people who grow up with army parents and they're constantly moving, never been able to get roots and never been able to develop good, strong friendships because their life is constantly changing, constantly changing. Well, I imagine when they get saved, it's a little bit easier for them to adapt because they're used to change. Making new friends all of the time, trying to make new friends before they really get in solid with them, they're gone again. They're used to following somebody else's plan and never been able to see theirs through because they're never in one place long enough to see it through. But when we deal with things that we're not familiar with, it's hard to pick up that foot and step it out in front of us. Even though the word says he will be a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet, and we know the words say that. Us who are saved, most people who are saved or spending any time in a church, being raised in a church, you know that scripture. But do we know that scripture? Do we have a revelation of that scripture? Do we believe that scripture? We really believe it will be easier to take that step because we know he got it. You know, it's easier to change something you never liked anyway. So I grew up hating rutabagas. I never liked rutabagas. I thought it was the worst food upon the face of the earth. So when I got married and found out my husband didn't eat rutabagas, it was easy for me to put take rutabagas off my menu because I didn't like them anyway. It was an easy change in my life. The hard change is taking stuff off my menu that I like, that I love. Once I find out something that is not good for my body, it's not good for my health, I have to make a conscious choice. I have to put in extra effort. I have to put some energy behind making that change. It's not as easy as taking rutabagas off the list. So when we look into the word of God, we realize God knew we would have this issue, so he gave us a remedy. And you know what? Instead of jumping into that, we're going to uh, we're going to wait and end it next week. Yep, I think we can go one more week and just end it next week. So we got a few more scriptures we want to go over. So next week we want you to come back and visit us at 11 o'clock and think about this. God has a remedy for even the foulest perception that has been formed by the foulest life that could ever be lived. God is able to change that. Trust and believe that he who has begun a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it, to finish it, to see it through to the end. And the end is his end, not your end. But that thing that he planned for you from the beginning, he's faithful to get you there. So we want you to call somebody Invite them to listen to this series starting uh, three weeks ago, Perception Formed by Influences, Part 1, 2, 3, and tonight is Part 4, and we will end with Part 5 next week. And while you're at it, invite them to take a look at a listen to uh, 
any of the messages in our archives. We have about 60 or 70 some messages and just and some messages by other people as well, not just me. Ella has spoken some. My pastor, Pastor Dana Domchak, uh, a wonderful, wonderful man of God, um, Pastor um, Michael Peterson uh, has some great messages on here as well. We just want you to be encouraged, be uplifted, know that you can achieve all that God has promised you, and you can do all that he's gifted you to do and called you to do. There is no impossibilities when it comes to God. All you have to do is believe faith in the direction that he's calling you in. Dare to believe and watch God move and work in your life. He is going to do exceeding abundantly above all that you're able to ask and think. And I want to share a quick testimony here. I I do a ministry here in Gladwell, Michigan called Help. And it's a ministry to help women who are dealing with different phases of their life, issues of their life, transitions in life. And I just want to share a testimony about how a woman that I've been ministering to have come to a part in her life where she's starting to see manifestations by God of things that she didn't even dare dream or believe would happen. And just watching her experiencing these things is such a joy because I get to witness God moving and operating in her life and get to witness her responses to it and how she's growing and maturing in God and the things of God. And as she's growing and maturing in God, God is just richly, richly, richly blessing her, just overwhelming her. She even uses, I mean, the blessing, she said, it's just overwhelming. It's just overwhelming. And yeah, it is overwhelming. The blessings of the Lord are rich. They are rich. They are rich. And they bring no sorrow with them. So receive you the blessings of the Lord. Be submerged in them. Be mesmerized by them. Be overwhelmed. Be full of joy. Embrace them. Run to them, not away from them. Because some of the blessings of God are something you've never seen before, maybe never even imagined. But don't let your comfort of not having those things and making do with what you've had so long keep you from walking in his bounty. God bless you in Jesus' name. Have a God night off.